today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. And isn't it true that sometimes in our disobedience we try to overcompensate by sacrificing? And they go hand in hand. God says, listen, I, I, I don't need sacrifices. I got plenty sacrifices. What I really need is obedience. That is rare in supply. Obedience. The one thing you can give God that he does not necessarily have is obedience. What is the one thing that you can give to God that he doesn't already have? As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he explains to you that God desires your obedience to him. He has given each person free will, which is the ability to make their own choices. God wants you to choose to follow and serve him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired and Truth podcast or download the Inspired and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. What we're about to see in this chapter is what happens to us when we, like Judah, follow the dictates of our own evil hearts. Doubtless you've heard this well-known saying, or perhaps even like me, you've said it yourself, oh, just follow your heart. Don't do that. Now, when we get to Jeremiah chapter 17, specifically verse 9, we're in chapter 11. So by the time we get there, maybe the rapture happens first. That'd be great if it did. But when we get to chapter 17, verse 9, what we're going to read is that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Just those two words together right there. Deceitfully wicked. I mean, our hearts are deceitful, but they're not just deceitful, they're deceitfully wicked, and they're so deceitfully wicked that we can't even know how deceitfully wicked our hearts are. So that's Jeremiah 17 verse 9. And I know that you know this verse. It's a familiar verse, and for good reason because it does speak to how it is. And again, as we're going to see tonight in this chapter, chapter 11, how it is that the inclination of our hearts. Now, let me just mention this word, because we're going to see it here in a moment and talk about it. Inclination, inclined. We're inclined. We have this proclivity, this propensity, this bent, if you prefer. Let me use the illustration of a magnetic pull. There is like this magnetic pull in our hearts, that pull of our hearts to follow our hearts, and it goes contrary to following the Lord, obeying the Lord. And when we do that, the results are always without exception catastrophic. And again, I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what's going to happen tonight, and what we're going to see in this chapter actually, is Jeremiah is going to speak to this. He's going to speak the truth to this. This is what we read 
right out of the shoot in Jeremiah chapter 1, when God calls Jeremiah and says to Jeremiah, I'm going to put my words on your mouth and you're going to speak them. And by the way, Jeremiah, nobody's going to receive it. In fact, they're going to hate your guts for it. In fact, not only are they going to hate your guts for it, they're going to want to kill you because of it. And we're going to see that actually it's going to lead to a death threat on Jeremiah's life. Why? Because he's speaking the truth, and they don't want to hear it. And so they want to silence him. It's a textbook case of you don't like the message, so you kill the messenger. Uh, you'll forgive the the illustration. I know it's kind of a, a humorous one, but it's it is what it is. Can you imagine that your uh, mail delivery person shows up with a uh, piece of mail, and you don't want that mail that that delivery person is delivering to you. So you put a hit out on their life. Again, I told you that was a, a, but you get the point, right? Jeremiah's just the messenger. He's just the mouthpiece. He's just the, the voice. He's just the messenger delivering the message. And they're going to want to kill him because of it. So that's the introduction. You ready? Let's jump in. Verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, verse 2, Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers, in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice, and do according to all that I command you, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that, verse 5, I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. (gasps) Whoa, that was a lot. Let me catch my breath. And, Jeremiah, I answered and said, so be it, Lord. Okay, (laughs) we're off to a horrible start, right? So first thing I want to point out, very important, we talked about this last week, this was spoken. This was not a letter written. This was a prophecy and a message that was spoken. And it was now, instead of being at the gates to the entrance of the temple, this is in Jerusalem, throughout Judah, in the streets, in the hearing of the people, Jeremiah is to speak this to them. And I like Jeremiah's response. Okay, Lord, so be it. So be it, Lord. By the way, you know that's what the word amen means? I mean, we like that word amen. But yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I, they, they have clinical terms. I get very distracted, so please help me out on this, okay? I, 
please, just the, the amens will, will throw me off. I'll just end up closing in prayer. That's how distracted I get. So, okay, when we say amen, what we're saying is, so be it, Lord. So be it. So be it. Now, I mean, <laughs> man, you gotta, you gotta hand it to Jeremiah. He's going to speak this, and, and oh, he's got to tell them that a curse is going to come upon them due to, as we're going to see now, their disobedience. You disobeyed me. This is the one thing that we can give God that He doesn't already have, obedience. Think about that for a moment. What's the one thing? I mean, this is God we're talking about, right? Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. I mean, He has everything. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's all-knowing. What are you going to give God that He doesn't already have? Your obedience. That's the one thing we can give to God that He doesn't already have. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. And isn't it true that sometimes in our disobedience we try to overcompensate by sacrificing, and they go hand in hand. God says, listen, I, I, I don't need sacrifices. I got plenty sacrifices. What I really need is obedience. That is rare in supply, obedience. The one thing you can give God that he does not necessarily have is obedience. And one more thing on this before we move on, very important again. The harder thing than being obedient is being disobedient. Let me expound on that. Sometimes, and the commands of the Lord, John says, are not burdensome. James, we just got done reading in chapter 3 in our study through James on Sunday mornings, the wisdom from above is easy to be entreated. It's reasonable. It's not this heavy trip that's laid on you. Jesus said, My burden is light, my yoke is easy. Come unto me, all ye that are weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. My burden is light, my yoke is easy. The commands of the Lord are not burdensome. The only thing harder than obedience is disobedience. The path of the sinner, God's Word says, is hard. The path of the sinner is hard. And one last thing. It is believed by some that when Jeremiah is now speaking that which God commands him to speak to the people, that he's actually quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. And it makes sense because what we're going to see in this chapter is right out of the book of Deuteronomy. Now, why do I point that out? Because do you know what book Jesus quoted from, especially when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. He quoted straight out of the book of Deuteronomy. For those of you that were with us during our study through Deuteronomy, what a book. Do deuce to Ronomy, the law. It's a repeat of the law. And replete in the repeat of the law, Deuteronomy, you find these repeated commands, and it is so complete, and so specific in some cases. And so some even believe that he had the scroll of Deuteronomy as he spoke this 
in the hearing of the people. I only paint that picture because I want you to see this through that lens. This is a street preacher we're talking about here. This is a a street prophet. He's out there. Remember we talked about this last week on the rise or whatever. They didn't have egg crates or milk crates then, but let's just say they did. So he's on a milk crate and he's standing there and he's preaching and prophesying this exact message. And just picture him possibly with the scroll of Deuteronomy as he's pronouncing and declaring that which God has commanded him to speak in the hearing of the people. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear the words of this covenant and do them. Ah, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Don't be just a hearer of God's Word, merely a hearer of God's Word, but a doer. Don't just hear the words, do them. For I, verse 7, earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, until this day, rising early and exhorting, saying, obey my voice. Well, that's quite a picture. It's like God, not that He sleeps, but just sort of metaphorically, He's saying, I get up early in the morning to exhort you to obey me. I set my alarm clock. God doesn't have an alarm clock. I'm just saying, I rise up early in the morning to exhort you and say to you, obey my voice. Now this is the second time he's brought up their fathers, whom he brought up out of the land of Egypt. And this was the covenant that he made with them. Yet, verse 8, and here it is, and we're going to spend some time on this if you don't mind. They did not obey, and here's that word, or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Now what's God going to do? Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant. It's a covenant after all, not a contract a covenant, unbreakable covenant, which I commanded them to do, but which they have not done. Okay, bear with me, because to me this is far and away the takeaway from this chapter, as far as I'm concerned, because it is speaking very clearly to following of the Lord and obedience to the Lord, and not following our own hearts. Now, did you see the the way that Jeremiah is inspired by the Holy Spirit and commanded by God to speak this? So he starts out first by saying, this is what you did and did not do. You did not obey or incline your ear. But then he also says, this is why you didn't do it. This is a textbook case of the why behind the what. What's the what? The what is they did not obey. They did not incline their ear. It was not their inclination. 
They had no inclination to incline their ear to hear and obey the Word of God. That's what. Well, why? Oh, because you weren't following the Lord because you were following your own heart. You can't do both. It's one or the other. If Matthew chapter 6 and that famous sermon that Jesus preached, we affectionately refer to it as a Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. He does not say, you should not, it would be a pretty good idea if you did not, I would highly recommend. No, you cannot. It's either one or the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You're either going to serve the one and hate the other, or vice versa. But it cannot be both. It's either or. So either I'm following my own heart, or I'm following the Lord, and inclining my ear to hear and obey the Word of God. But see, if I am dull of hearing, we talked about this last week, we'll see it again obviously, but dull-hearted, dull of hearing, their ears are, are stopped. <laughs> By the way, this is not a, a thing of, well, I, I, I didn't really know. No, no, you knew. This is a deliberate, decisive disobedience on their part. Unless we come down too hard on them, we would do well, all of us, myself included, to really allow the Holy Spirit to search our own hearts concerning this. Because again, there's this really strong magnetic pull, and the metal shavings of our flesh are all too inclined to be attracted to that pull, the pull of our heart. Because our heart dictates, dictates. That's an interesting word, isn't it? It's the word where we get dictator. Does that put it into perspective? Why do I point that out? Because everyone followed the dictates, their heart, their evil heart, that's deceitfully wicked, dictated, was the dictator, dictated what they did. They were following whatever the dictation. If Am I taking it too far? You'll never see that word the same again. This is a dictatorship. Oh, really? Who's the dictator? Oh, (laughs) my own heart is dictating to me. And what do I do? I follow the dictates of my evil heart. See, the problem is there's a covenant here, (laughs) and it cannot be broken. By the way, I don't want to get into the whole marriage thing. Maybe that's another topic for another time, but marriage is a covenant. An unbreakable covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. Huge difference. They're not synonymous in terms. And what God, through the prophet Jeremiah, is declaring to them is, you have broken the covenant. And this is what you've done to break the covenant, and this is why you did it. So what do I do about it? Stop following that dictator the dictatorship of your evil heart, and incline your ear. You know, I think about when Jesus said that 
you know, the, the, the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and there are those for whom we all owe a great debt of gratitude to that have written about this where the sheep can really detect a different voice because their ears, like a tuning fork, are tuned to that particular voice of that shepherd. So let's say the shepherd calls in sick. Again, you'll forgive my illustrations. These are all I got. If you got better ones, just let me know. So the shepherd calls in sick one day. We have to bring in the substitute shepherd. And the sheep are going, who are you? I don't recognize that voice. No, my sheep know my voice. It's that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. You know when the Lord is speaking to you, and I'm not talking audible, it doesn't have to be audible. The Lord will speak to you if we would but incline our ears to hear. This is why throughout Scripture we read time and time again with ears to hear. Just because you have ears does not mean you hear. Throughout the seven letters in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, let him who has an ear hear. Again, you'll forgive the illustration, but I, I just picture it's kind of like, you know, the, the rhetorical question, raise your hand if you have an ear. Well, I've got two. You ever wonder about that? You got two of them things. And you know what's really interesting and conspicuously absent from those things? You don't have ear lids. You have eyelids. Again, I know that's a, but do you get the point that we don't have, we don't need ear lids because we, we shut our ears without ear lids. We don't need, <laughs> am I taking it too far? No? Are we okay? Are you guys good? Here's how it works. Last thing we'll move on. Some of you are saying, please. So I'll use this example. When I was a kid growing up, my mom, when, when she would yell at me, which was all the time, <laughs> and rightfully so, I deserved it. I was, oh, she, and she would say things to me like, did your parents say this to you? You wait till you have children of your own. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then you have your own children going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. I had no, I'm so sorry if I'd have known. Anyway, uh, back to my example. So she would yell at me in that high-pitched voice. She was a soprano, by the way, and vocalist. Oh man, she could hit. I mean, the octave was I don't know what, maybe Capono knows, but I mean, this was way up there, way up there. And she would hit this one, this one key, this one octave that was so high pitched, and she would say my name, and the way she would say in that way, in that high pitch was, Wahido! Whatever, I can't reach it. Again, maybe you can't Capono, but when she hit that, I heard nothing. All I heard after that was, I shut my ears. I no longer heard, oh, she's still speaking, really yelling at me, but I'm not listening to a word she says. Okay, enough about me. Let's talk about you now. How about when you're in a conversation with somebody, and they're talking, talk, 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 and you're not really listening. In fact, you're thinking, I need to end this conversation because it's going on way too long. And you're thinking, but you're courteous. And you've gotten good at it over the years, so you insert 
the hmm, you know, at the right time, and this, that, right, and oh, wow, that's interesting. And then they'll ask you a question, you go, hmm, and then you're busting, they realize you weren't really listening. No, what'd you say? What'd you say? You weren't listening. Just because you have an ear doesn't mean that you heard what I said. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead, and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself in reliance and dependence on him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.